Welcome back, goddamn it, to another edition of Tell Me a Joke, the guideline of chasing the dream. I'm your host, Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. Say the whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And today, man, today, we got the, the punk rocker turned poet. Uh, <laughs> he's still both, but, man, put y'all motherfucking hands together for Carlos Salazar. Hey, there it is, there it is. What's up, man? <clears throat> Thanks uh, for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you been? Good, good, I'm good. good. That's what's up. Like, all right, this is... This is great because, like, uh, usually at Avant Garden, you, you see so many types of talents that come through. Uh, usually, namely, it's just mainly it's just poetry. Uh, but your poetry stands out because you 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 have a you speak volumes when you when you step on stage. So, like, what what got you what got you into the poetry? Well, first of all, thanks for that compliment. Um, yes, I sir. think uh, honestly, if I had to really answer that, I think I've always been. Uh, I've always felt the need to to express myself through through writing, right? So I think before yeah. I even I even knew that it was called poetry, right? I mean, um, that's just something I've always felt inside me. Yeah. Uh, as far as performing poetry, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I I was in a band for so long, and I and and I I'm kind of in one now. It's, it's the same band, but I did that I did the music scene for so long, and I would see, you know, little pieces of of. Of things like that that other artists were doing that I was like oh that's really interesting like I never thought about performing solo you know yeah. was, I was always a part of a, a much bigger group a much uh, much larger uh, ensemble of artists you know right. that, that were doing something together so um, so I think a couple years in uh, doing the band I, I, I tried you know some some poetry but you know on my own and I, I and you know I discovered it's, it's just a whole you know you know this it's a whole different medium right when yeah. you're up there by yourself yeah than when you're up there with um, with your best friends and, and you're doing stuff together so um so yeah so the long end of it is i have <laughs> always wanted to express myself through writing and you know the band went dormant for a long time yeah. and i still had all these words that i would normally turn into lyrics and things like that yeah. so I, I think that's really when i decided to really follow that avenue of performing how is band life <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I can only tell you my experience of it. My experience of it has been, uh, it's been surreal. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm 38 now, and yeah. I mean, I, I was started this band, you know, 19 years ago. Ooh, and so, and you so, in there. Yeah, you in so, there deep. Yeah, and, and we were really active full-time for about six, seven years of it, right? Where we, where we toured, we toured the country, um, you know, we got signed to a couple different labels. We put out EPs, we put out a record. Uh, on a label out of Chicago called Victory, um, and we were doing that full time. So during that span is really when I consider, you know, uh, like what band life is, right? So we were touring yeah. nonstop. We're we're uh, we'd come home for a couple of weeks, and then we you know we head back out on the road. Um, now as an adult, we we really 2023 was really the the year that we kind of brought that back. As you know, we started doing some reunion shows, mm -hmm. and then people would ask us to do more shows, and and it's been really wonderful because you know you start something so long ago and, and then you 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 fade away for a few years and you think maybe no one's going to care no one, yeah. yeah and it's been really awesome and i think i think covid had a lot to do with that where people were without live performance live music for a yeah. long time and then all of a sudden we could all do it again and it's like i think that made us miss it even more Definitely. you know so i yeah. think so i think that's what helped bring us back and so so now as an adult um band life is is a lot more fun because now oh, I, hell yeah it's uh, I'm not on the road 24/7 trying to uh, 
trying to make a name for ourselves. You know, we're, yeah. we're really just going to play uh, in places that we've had a lot of friends and that we've made memories, and we're just kind of trying to live in that nostalgia bit for a while. Man, you know? tw- damn near twenty years. Yeah. just a ba- come on, that's yeah. dope. So, yo. so we, so we, like I said, we weren't active this whole time. We we were active till about 2012 is when we did like a farewell. Um, you know, tour, and then you know, some guys went off to get married, went off to graduate uh, college, um, and then you know, get like real jobs, and and you know, oh, we, we stayed friends for uh, you know, we were still friends, but what I'm saying is we we stayed in touch for a few years, and then you know, and then every couple of years we would kind of do a reunion show for 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 something special. Like in 2014, we did we did a show in Houston for uh, Tots for Tots, uh, Toys for well, Tots, Toys for Tots, yeah. nice. And then we did we and then we kind of did something again in 2016 where we went and played a show in Mississippi for a friend's venue that that he had that he was running. And then from 2016, we kind of stayed dormant until about 2020. We actually played uh, two shows in 2020 right before COVID hit. Ooh. And and then you know no one could do anything. Yeah. And so it was during that time that we were like, hey, wasn't that all the fun? Like maybe we could <laughs> maybe we could do that again if the Got world the ever goes back to going yeah. again. Let yeah. me let me get back on that track again. Like so, I, you y'all. So you're you're signed now. No, 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 no. So right now we're oh. just independent artists. All right. So, so, so. when y'all did get signed, mm-hmm. how did that come about? Like, how do you go about getting signed? Just keep playing, and somebody normally hears you, or do you, you know actually look that out? You got to search for somebody. You need a, you a know, manager or something. So it can happen in any number of ways, right? There, there yeah. are people who have been discovered. There are people who who had their managers do it. There are people who just, you know, uh, sought it out. For us, it was a combination of things. So, uh, so like I said, so we are a band called Before There Was Rosin from here in Houston, Texas, and before there was Rosalind? Rosalind. Rosalind. Yes. Oh, that's yes. my sister's name. Okay. Oh, well, tell her we said hello. Uh, um, so, uh, so back in 20, yeah, 2008, 2009, when we were kind of at, at the height of when we were doing this full-time without a label, um, we signed to an indie label out of Tennessee called Holdfast Records. Now that was because we were just we were we were playing shows and touring with bands that were on the label, and yeah. so that's how we got the attention of the label. Uh, it was run by this guy Dave Dar. He was such a great dude. He, you know, he, we met him a few times. Um, he was he seemed really into what we were doing. Uh, we liked him as a person, mm-hmm. and so he put out this record that we did called "As Far as the Moon from the Sun." We put that out on on um, on his label, and it was during this time that we were actually getting a manager that used to book shows here in in, in town for. Uh, uh, a venue called Java Jazz at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so our manager was basically like, "I want to help you guys get to the next level, right?" And so for us, we, you know, we're a bunch of kids. We don't really know what that means. We just keep playing shows, we keep writing music, <laughs> just going to play. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. exactly what we did. But he basically set up uh, in in the middle of like the summer tour that we're doing. He set up a showcase with uh, a label that he had a lot of rapport with. Uh, he had sent over the years. I think he told us he had sent he sent like fifteen artists to do a showcase for this label, and they'd signed like I think five. We were like the sixth band that did eventually get signed. So how that worked oh, is we're yeah. in Chicago. And we are booked at a private like studio, yeah. and so we go to the studio, and we're told, "Okay, you're going to play three songs that you think people would want to hear, uh, and then we're going to let you know if we're interested, right?" And so yeah. that's what we did. So we we played a private show for the owner of Victory Records and a few of his staff, um, and that was a really interesting story because we were told by our manager, "Don't expect them to say anything after you play. Like you know, they're usually just going to like you know nod and, and walk away and then they'll let us know whether they're, they're interested and for us it was actually a really cool experience because we so we played three songs like we would if we were playing in front of a crowd right we yeah. just we just did what we did 
And immediately when we were done, uh, the owner of Victory just walks up the little ramp on the side of the stage and he just tells us right then and there, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make you guys an offer. I'm going to, I'm going to sign you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so that oh, was really shit. surreal for us because we were God like, what? <laughs> you know? Make you an yeah. offer you can't refuse, um, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, you know, so we did that and we, we ended up only putting out one record on the label. Uh, by that time that we put out that record, we'd been a band for so long. But like I said, some of the guys were already kind of ready to, to move on to the next phase of their lives. Like, you know, a couple of them were engaged or about to get engaged yeah. um, and then a couple wanted to like finish school and so that's why we, you know we put out that record in 2009 and then we, we toured on it for for a couple of years or a, a year and a half and then when we're working on the second record that's when you know guys are like hey we don't know that we can continue doing this full time you know and so that's what we did that farewell tour in t- 2012 um, yeah. and then yeah everybody kind of went on with their lives and and then like i said we started kind of just just joking about playing again in 2014 and then we found i always said like if we do it like i want it to be more than just we're just going to get together and play like let's do it for like a like like something special right and so we kept getting these opportunities to do that and even 2023 it was the same way like we we didn't just say hey like let's play shows we were like hey let's let's write some music and then um these really awesome opportunities presented themselves we were able to play with bands that we had really loved in our genre when we were growing up and and playing festivals that we were just like what they're gonna let us play and so yeah and so that's what this year's been about and then and we actually have plans to to do more stuff are you next the sole year. writer of the the group no i all no i so i i write you usually all the lyrics yeah. yeah but yeah i don't have actually any musical talent so it's all my dudes <laughs> yeah that's all i bring to the band is just the words so, okay and the so acrobatics on stage how to, all right so do they do they know i'm gonna play a melody and you just kind of free you just kind of like pin down to it or do you write some lyrics first and then they kind of play a melody around it like how, how does that work so usually right so for us it's, it's, a, it's a bit of both right like I'll, I'll every now and then i'll bring i'll bring a, a lyric that i'm like i you know i want this to be in in you know a breakdown i want this yeah. to be you know in a singing spot right uh but for most of it you know, I'm always writing constantly. That's what I'm saying. So, so you know, I'll write something. I don't know if that's just going to be a poem or if it's going to be lyrics of a song. Like, yeah. So I'm constantly writing. But what will happen is all the guys, go, you know, as they're writing, they'll send me the stuff. You know, we all, we're all in group chat. So I'll be listening to the music as they're writing it. And I can have my input on, on, on that part of it. Like, you know, oh, I love this. Maybe I don't like this that much. Like, you know, let's try this. But it's all them writing it. Right. And then yeah. when the song is fully formed that's when I go in the studio and we'll do, you know, scratch tracks. We'll basically, we'll, we'll do like a demo version of that song. Uh-huh. And then once we all can hear it the way that it would sound with vocals and everything, then we all kind of have a say as to like, yo, like we love this, let's, or let's try this. Yeah. Right? So, so it's basically, I'm, I'm involved every step of the way, but it's all them writing it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, because they play the instruments. Yeah. To- yeah. So as far as the instruments, it's, it's all, it's all them. Wow. Yeah. So I, I, when, when you do get in, to it like how because you are you're you're a poet as well does your poetry also well you said your your poetry also come it travel it it goes both ways so what what category would you put yourself in besides punk like what who would you say you would kind of what band would you say you would kind of portray yourself behind like like a, a, a red hot chili peppers or a rage against the machine because the lyrics that you have the things that you speak about on stage do you also is it is it, is it that type of field when you uh doing your songs that's a great question no i would say um i would say it's definitely two different outlets right um, yeah so we started out 
when we when we started as a band, right? We uh, we knew we wanted to have a really positive message, right? So oh, so okay. so we're like so as far as like what you know we we did this genre and it's just like it's called Christian metalcore, right? It's just like heavy, heavy oh. you know, heavy you know heavy riffs heavy breakdowns but it all came with like you know like a positive message right yeah. and not that my poetry isn't positive but i feel like that's a different sort of outlet where it's it, you know you've you've heard it i'll mm-hmm. do like love poems i'll do poems about you know growing up in in honduras i poetry about my mom so um so the poetry is so personal to me as an individual as the way that i grew up whereas yeah. in my lyrics tend to be a bit broader they're more about you know how I see the world and and what my beliefs are. Ah. You know, so I would say that those. I'm not saying that those things never interject because obviously I'm still the same person. Yeah. But I think that when it comes to uh, doing poetry, I allow I allow myself to be you know vulnerable in a very different way than I would when we're doing we're doing the music and we're doing the yeah. band together. You know, because um, I try to make sure that whatever I'm doing, that I'm being honest about what I'm writing. You right. Know? Yeah, you seem like that type of person that's like, nah, ain't no fakery over here. We, <laughs> I appreciate We definitely going to keep this legit, 100. Yeah. So did you always see yourself as being a person, uh, a part, part of a band? or did you, did, did, When you was getting older, did you know that your life was going to take this route? Uh, no, I, I, think, <laughs> I mean, getting older. So here's the thing, because the band was such an integral part of my early 20s, so... I've been in it for so long now that I couldn't see my life going any other way, right? But yeah. before that, no, it was a lot of, uh, you know, I like music just like anybody else. I like going to shows. I like uh, I, I like being a part of that community. But for me, it really, uh, it, I really, it was something I felt called to do, you know, felt led to do. Mm. Like I remember being around uh, these amazing bands that were doing these amazing things. And I literally, it was something that I, I prayed about, you know, I, I remember mm-hmm. like seeing, seeing a show by this band called the pilots they're from houston at at scout bar like years ago right and they were like an indie band by the way they they didn't sound anything the way that we do but they were a great band and the guy gets up there and he just talks about his faith talks about jesus talks about like you know just just all this positivity right and i was like what people can do that like i'd never seen that before you know and literally i went and like i prayed about it i was like god if you've got something else for me i'll you know i'm gonna go ahead and do that but i don't want to not have this because i never had need the courage to ask for it right yeah. and so like three days later i get a phone call about this ad you know back then you, you put out these ads on like houstonbands.net about just looking for musicians right yeah uh, that you that you can connect with and so i'm on the phone for like 30 minutes with this guy shane who's uh he was the original guitar player of, of the band and we just like really really connect on like you know like i said we want to do something positive we want to we want, we want to play heavy music but we wanted to have like a really good message too yeah. right and that was December of 2004, right? And then in March of 05, we're playing our first shows. And then I've been doing that in I one way or another for high school. Yeah, yeah same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah we're I, the same age. So yeah, yeah like, oh, I just graduated. It was yeah, it was the on. winter after I graduated high school that I that I uh, that I started the band or really joined what would become the band. What would so? Did you have any plans before the band? Did, did like did you just like oh I'm gonna go into construction after I get out no, of high school? No, it's funny. <laughs> I think the only thing I really ever wanted to do. Well, like I, w- I was going to major in like English literature, right? But then I'm like, I don't know. Nah, I don't even know what I'm going to do with that. Like I knew yeah. that I wanted to be a writer in yeah. one way or another, right? Uh, but no, I didn't. It wasn't like I. Uh, it was there wasn't something else that I really, really wanted to do. You know, I just graduated high school. Uh, I was basically going through the motions of getting the basics done, and then I was going to pick a major, which I was like, oh, I think I'm going to major in English lit. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. Um, and then I just, <laughs> I, I was in a band for the next like decade. You know. <laughs> 
Ah, and of course, my mom was not very right happy there. about that. Yeah, you know? bet. Yeah. Bet. But she actually, she came around. You know, my mom bought us our very first van that we oh, toured dope. in. Because we'd done it for a few years. She saw how serious uh, we, we were about it. And uh, she supported it. Um, Astro my, with no windows. Astro <laughs> van with no windows. Huh? What type? What, no, what, no, it was, what it was like, like a... Look like? It was one of the... Caravan? No, no. It was slide a, doors? It was uh, the one with the captain chairs, you know, two, two in the front, two in the back, and then, and then the bed. Yeah, I don't, oh. I don't remember. What, it wasn't a 15-passenger. We, we didn't get one of those till way later. Um, but, yeah, there's support. I mean, my brothers ended up being in one of the music videos that we shot. Yeah. Um, so... You know, my, my parents eventually came around to the fact that I was I was going to keep doing that. Growing older, because I, I never knew, I just thought that, like, when it was ever punk or rock or heavy metal, that it was just always, like, uh, in my head growing up, like, I'm always like, oh, this is something satanic or, <laughs> you know, it's never can be anything positive until I got older and I started listening to certain things. But uh, I remember growing up uh, in the cul-de-sac that I stayed in, there was this uh, kid that moved in. He moved. He had just moved in, and his dad was in the military, so yeah. he's always moving around and everything. And they were a very, very Christian family. And this is the first time that I've actually heard uh, somebody mention like he he was into Christian heavy metal. And yeah. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Dude, you, I need to you know, know like what it exists, sounds right? like." Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, and it it sounds exactly like heavy metal. But a very, very, very positive message behind it. <laughs> right. And I was like, "This is." I, 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 I guess there's a need for everything, you know, because Lecrae is uh, he's a um, he's a Christian rapper. Yeah, I know. And, Lecrae. Right. Yeah. So like my dad is very into Lecrae just because he's like, uh, you know, I like rap, but also I found Jesus. And so it's right. now like he, he wants to stick with the rap, but he also wants to stick with something positive. And, and Lecrae came out. He's like, you heard of Lecrae? I was like, nah, man, I don't know who that is. And then he, he let me listen to him. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, I get this. I get this. So like if certain things on Pandora or Spotify or play and they have a very, very positive message, people like that will pop up, like D1, Tobey Nguigwe, he, he also pops up because he yeah. has a more of a spiritual message behind his behind his lyrics. And that that there, I'm like, oh so it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be what I always thought it was. You know, it it you know, everybody has their own little lane, just like what I do with the comedy poetry. Like since I can't go do well, since it's just so much for me to go do poetry, I mean, yeah. to go do comedy, where I want to do comedy and feel good about it, uh, this is where the comedy poetry comes in to where this is why you see me on stage being different from everybody else. Because yeah. it's just like, I don't, I, I have an outlet, but it's not an outlet that's easily accessible to me. Right, I understand. So this is, this is the outlet that makes me feel good, makes me feel accomplished about things. And I still get like, you know, booked for shows, but things have kind of slowed down a bit compared to how I used to be. Now, now I got a kid and, you know, a wife. I mean, I got a wife and a, a kid on the way. So it's just like. Uh, I'm not really sure, you know. I hope people are still going to be there, and like right. you, you know, you kind of gave me like positive note about that. That yeah, even though you know people got older, and yeah, we wanted to go ahead and build a family and such. When y'all came back, people were still there for y'all. How does that, how did that feel when you understood that like things were kind of uh, slowing down, or when y'all were actually about to disband or whatnot? So. I remember feeling uh, a mixture of things. Um, so I always, because I, because I felt like the whole time I was in that band, I felt like I was 
honestly fulfilling a purpose yeah. you know um that i was like i always felt like when i would talk to god about it i was like you're gonna have to when you're ready for me to like lay this down you're gonna have to take it from me because i'm never gonna just be like all right i'm done with it you know right. and i think it was when my best friend who was a guitarist and he still plays guitar for us now whenever he told me hey you know i really think it's time for me to step away like there's things i want to do and and you know i love you and, and and we're best friends but i don't think that i can continue that was really the first time that i really felt at peace about it because it was something it was like i was being told like you know it, you can continue this but it just felt like it was okay for me to let it go and, mm. and i think it's because he and i had, had built such a great rapport together um that any other member prior to that we'd always been like hey we wish you the best you know yeah. we'll find someone else to to, to fill in and then we met these other great people who would then go on tour with us but I felt like for me that was the time that I was like I actually felt like okay it's time for us to move on right. and so there was that um, so there was that sadness of like you're obviously stepping out of something that you've known for so long right Because and now you're yeah. you're, you're going to go and, and going do, back into do, that uncomfortable yeah, do feeling something, again do something new <laughs> yeah man and honestly I was very blessed because like when I was in that band you know I would do when we were home I would do like whatever jobs I could right because you know mm -hmm. you you're, you're so busy with the band. But at the end of that, I um, I started, um, I had worked briefly with a company in 2006, right before the band did anything serious. And I was like, oh, and it was in sales, right? And uh, like in, in the renewable energy industry, right? And so when 2011 comes in and we're like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're about to be ready to call it quits i'm like oh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna see if they still need people and 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 i was like and and if i get hired back like i'll do that till i find something else yeah that i love and i've been working for that company for 13 years now like I've, uh -huh. i'm like i'm still there and so i was very blessed to be able to make that transition almost immediately immediately like, like, you know, like, like the band the band ended and then i was like okay cool like i gotta like grow up and like do something else right? <laughs> yeah. and uh and i started this Put job big boy pants on yeah and i started this job and i and i just loved it you know it took me you know like anything else you you have your first couple of days and maybe your first couple of weeks that you feel kind of weird about doing yeah. something new uh and then but yeah i was in an, and, and like i said it's a renewable energy industry so like i loved it uh and I, I just i've grown with the company and and i've been there so for me you know there were those back then those moments of like oh it's a sad that it's ending, but like I said, because we were we stayed friends and we would still talk about the possibility of doing something uh, in the future, and we have done it. I, you know, I don't, I have no regrets about that. Like I, yeah. I you know, and uh, my best friend went on, and he, you know, he graduated college. He, he's married, you know, has a baby, and so obviously, I know he doesn't. Like I said, I don't think any of us regret ending it when we did, because I think what we were all really saying was, we this isn't something we want to like necessarily like give up forever, but I, we understood that like the time for us to pursue this career of in music was kind of like it, that time was coming to an end you know because mm -hmm. you know if you're pursuing anything as a career it has to take up all your time you know and the thing right. is you know the same way that i've always felt like I, i'm a writer they've always you know they've always been musicians they didn't stop being musicians they're just like hey we just can't tour full time yeah you know and that's and that's such a funny sort of circle moment talking to you about it in 2023 because we have played more shows this year than we have in the past six it's crazy you know what i mean yeah yeah, and yeah. Um, and we're already working on shows for next year, and so we all kind of laugh about that. Just that, just the full circle moments of we've been very blessed with be, uh, being able to share the stage with bands that, like I said, we were like, oh my god, we love this band when we were growing up, and yeah. like we've been able to like, you know, play same stages with them in twenty twenty three, and and so, um, 
So we look at all of it as just like this has just been such a crazy wild ride. That is why I like. <laughs> it felt like I've gave off some type of pheromone that I told. I didn't even tell many people that. I mean, it, things were kind of under wraps when the baby was coming, but yeah. when the baby is still, because it's still not here yet, but. And like I, I, I've my wife, she was like, "Hey, you need to slow down a bit, you know, because we got to do things around here. We yeah. can't have you all." I'm like, <laughs> "All right, cool." So you know, I stopped going to open mics and all that, and but like that didn't stop the people from booking me to do things, and I'm like. Where were y'all when I wanted this to when happen? When you were trying to make it, right? I was yeah, like, yeah. yo, like, even though the bookings, they, they, they pay this and they pay that, they ain't enough to go ahead and feed a family or nothing right. like that, but it's still notoriety to get my face out in different different markets and different places to where it's just like, oh, I well, I'm glad these talents are, are being seen by people, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of wishing that they were seen few years ago but i don't think i was ready back then I, now i have like a, a caliber of things like i have a whole a litany of just a litany of just uh just a rolodex that i can roll through and I'll be like yeah. oh i can actually give a good show a good show not just something mediocre like i've done shows before i put my i put together my own show the inquisitive observations uh comedy poetry but like I've never done anything with it, and yeah. when I go back to look at it, I'm like, oh, I, I definitely wasn't ready for that. Like I definitely wasn't ready to talk for, to people for like an hour and a half about comedy and poetry. And then, but I was I was capable of doing it. But now if I do it now, I would do it so much better. And like like I, the memory is there, and like the jokes and the bits are, are worked out to where oh this is polished to where it would easily just slide in to the poetry. Uh, back then, like I, I had it, but I had the idea of it, but it was like a rough draft. Yeah. So and, you know, I didn't have the means to be able to 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 get it funded the way I wanted to. Like I got it shot for free by a friend of a friend, and you know, so they came in, they was able to do that for me. Uh, I was able to get a stage and all that because you know that's the the city that I was in. Uh, basically, we always do open mics and stuff there. So boom, I was able to get the stage. Uh, still had to pay for that, but you know, I had my homie. He was my producer, and he was like, "Hey, man, dude, we just gonna get it." And I'm like, "I," yeah. you know, had some people go ahead and open for me and everything. It was way too long. The show was way too long. <laughs> it was like two hours and something. And you know, my uncle was like, "Hey, yo, next time, that I'ma just tell me when you going and that, you know, because you was up there for a long time." And I was like, "I get it. All right." So I know the things that I would do better next time there's you know cut the fat out of it yeah you know it, it was a good nice prime rib but there's a little fat around the sides that i didn't need in there that i, I just kept giving because i felt that I, I needed to because this is my only option this is my only chance at the time and now it's like ah i, I wish i had that knowledge then but you know back then growing up in new orleans this, we just we just trying to make it somehow yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, two things to your point that I thought while you were talking about that. Number one, I think, I think there's a season for everything. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I and I so I understand that idea of like, um, I you know I wish that this was different then, right? But the second yeah. thing to that is like, but that's how we learn, right? Because yeah. I mean, I mean, there's been so many shows that we've been a part of that we're like, oh my god, we would do this differently next time. Yeah, you know, or or even even recording in the studio, you know, uh, we've been like, oh, we would do this so much different next time, you know. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. until you go through it right? right and so we're still doing that and and part of the 
being there with the with the community at, at Avant Garde and, and right about now, uh, poetry and, and watching you know uh, poets like you and and so many others that are there, it's like watching everybody's performance and really paying attention to the nuances of the way that people do things. Yeah, I feel for me has helped me greatly in just feeling if anything if nothing else feeling more confident about my own particular style of delivery because I, I would watch other poets and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm never going to be that good, right? <laughs> and then I stopped doing that because then I realized my favorite thing about all the poets that are up here is they're so different from each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. everybody's awesome. And so then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I just have to tune, like tap into what makes me me. Yeah. You know? And doing that, at, you know, by myself up there has, I feel like, made me less anxious when I have to do it with a band behind me. Because I'll tell you something else. 20 years in, almost, and I get nervous before every set. I was set. just going to ask you that. Every like, single set. <laughs> every single set. And whether I'm up there by myself in poetry or whether I'm up there yeah. with the band, the five minutes before we go on are the most anxious moments of my life. Uh, but then as soon, you know, as soon as, uh, as soon as the music kicks in, you know, it goes away. Yeah. You know, and then for those thirty minutes or whatever that we play, like I don't, I don't feel that anymore. You know, yeah. and that's sort of the same way when, you know, when you're in a poem, it's a little bit different because, you you kind of get into it, you know, and then you're like, oh, for me, it's like I hope I don't forget the words, right? Yes. When I'm up there, yes, all the time, uh, all the time, right? <laughs> and then you realize people don't know your poetry that well. Yep. And even if they do, they're not going to care if you miss a line or two, right? No. Um, they ain't even going to know because exactly. they don't know what you wrote. Exactly. Yeah. So so yeah. So I it's it's one of those things of um, watching other people do their thing. I. You know, has made me feel like okay, I everybody everybody's a person. And everybody's got their own their own story to tell. You know, and I think yeah. if I could, if I think if I had anything to take away from, like I said, immersing myself in the in the right about now community, it's that it's it's made me feel less anxious and less alone about the way that I do things. You know, because yeah. I think everybody's everybody goes up there thinking, am I going to be awesome or am I going to suck? And then it's yeah. like, well, that doesn't matter. It's it's like, is what you're is what you're saying going to resonate with somebody else? The community you know? is so loving. Yes. It just it doesn't. Yeah, like and that's 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 one of the reasons why I'm like I'm going to go full force into this poetry side of things because this comedy side, damn, they don't care at all. There's no love in that audience. Oh, that's going to be tough. Mean, yeah. Yeah. It is difficult to come and like just to, to transition. Like this comedy point, it works on both lanes now. Like before, it did not. Before, it was just like, what is happening? You know, right. he just up here, hippity hopping, giving us these <laughs> words. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I was able to, like, because I've been doing it for some time, I was able to, to take that and to, to mesh it in to the comedy side to where that now when I go do comedy, like they're, they're going to get comedy poetry because it's it's something that no one's really seen before. Right. Like, you know, you, you might have your uh, your Andrew Dice Clays that might come in and do a little rhyme here or rhyme there, but like I have whole poems of this, of just simple silliness to where it's... No, it's I know, I've as, heard it and I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And to where it's not as... as, as it's pretty intricate of what I'm doing because it takes me time to, to actually sure. sit down and yeah, write absolutely. these. And so, like, I, I, I definitely wanted to just to stand out because I've never known. I, I've always wanted to create my own lane because it's me for me. It's very difficult to stand out in, in a, a world of people trying to do the same thing. And, you know, I don't have I never had my own little. I have my own little style, but every time people see me, especially when it comes to comedy or something like that, it's a, oh, you're another short man. And you see the Cat Williams or Kevin Hart. And it's like, oh, well, they're not doing this. 
So, right. you know, I, I'm definitely going ahead and, you know, putting the blink on and be like, look, look at this lane that I'm in right here. Yeah. Check this out. Just so you don't automatically put me in that category because of my hair is long or because I am small, which I, I get that often. And I don't mind it because they are some of the greats to me. Right. But it's just like, ah, I, now you say this because I do comedy and I'm small, right? This is not because I sound like them. Right. So in, in the beginning, my cadence, I, I would, it would never, it was never like Kevin Hart, but I could get into a, a, a pitch to where I would sound kind of like Cat Williams. I would mm. assume, you know, but eventually i was like i don't i don't want that to be me like i i've i found my own voice so whenever it does come on stage i know that the influx uh of my voice from from high to low to be able to be my own person on stage is who i am yeah you know and i've i've taken advice from people to where you know most of the time i i do talk really too fast i I talk way too fast and sometimes people can't hear me or understand what i'm saying uh, I used to tell people, whatever, this is just me. This is how I talk. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, okay. If I do take that and then I, I slow that down a bit, maybe my bits won't be like one minute, two minutes. Maybe they'll last maybe three minutes, five minutes. Right. You know, so that, that's something that I've, I've taken away from that. And I've also been able to take that knowledge from comedy and bring it over to the poetry side just for like, since my poems do have punchlines. Uh, there is time for me to stop and, and wait for the laughter to die. You know? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I said, I, I, in the beginning, I would just run through it. You yeah. know, whatever. Okay. I don't care how you felt about that line right there. Just uh, let me get this over with because yeah. I'm nervous. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. I don't know how you're going to feel about me giving, <laughs> delivering this silliness to you. So, but now it's just like I've, I've been learning to embrace the silence more and also embrace the pauses that was a very difficult thing for me to take because i'm always fast paced and i never i I never want to lull i never want anything to kind of like oh what's he what's what what are we waiting for next now it's just like they give it to me embrace the silence that's a great line by the way yeah i want to feel it i want to feel what's happening right now and you know most of the time especially if i can if i can command the crowd if i if i'm the true mc that i am like moving the crowd this is this should be like it not a cakewalk but this should be what comes with the territory right yeah like what was it like for you in front of your first crowd oh my, I, oh my gosh I was, I was so nervous <laughs> dude like like and that's, that's and you know we in the beginning you know we played a lot of shows to mostly empty rooms you yeah. know so um but you know you you get up and you do it again because you know it's it's part of it's part of paying the dues right yeah so for me, when I look back, I think about my first few times playing to like big crowds, right? And, yeah. and just thinking, just like, dude, my knees would shake, you know? Like I told you, huh. right, right back to the side stage or whatever, I'd be looking out and I'd be like, oh my God, there's so many people out there. And, you know, we have to go on in five minutes. And, and all the guys, none of them are nervous, you know, because they're just, they're just who they are, right? But for yeah. me, you know, I'm, like I said, a poet, a writer, uh, and I was just like, oh my God. Uh, but again, right, you get out there and the moment that, you, the moment that the first note hits, like I said, it all, it all goes away. And I, you know, for me, there's a thing that I, and my guitarist hates this, right? Because he's he, he's a he's a perfectionist. But not only that, he's a human metronome, right? So he oh, he's always dope. he's always on time, right? My mama like so that. So I've always told him, you know, I, I've always quoted, uh, uh, I think it's a uh, Beethoven to him, and uh, <laughs> and I said, hey man, uh, 
have said, you know, to, to play the wrong note, uh, it's, uh, it's um, irrelevant, right? Yeah. Uh, to play without passion is inexcusable, right? Uh. Um, and he's like, but you also got to do the right note. And I'm like, <laughs> and so I've always kind of lived by that whole thing of like, no, like if, if, if I'm, if I'm going to, if I'm going to do something wrong, I'm going to do it spectacularly wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've always kind of embraced that thing of like, if I feel like I'm maybe not, uh, you know, um, not getting the energy back from the crowd, then I try to give them all of my energy so they know like, hey, we're in this together, you know? But, yeah. but, it, but that's stuff that takes a while to learn because in the beginning you have a, you have a, uh, in my opinion, you have a vision of how it should go, and the moment it doesn't go that way, yeah. you start to freak out, right? Yeah, and that's something I've learned about performing. The freak it's like, out, yeah, is that I've learned to just let go because I'm like, because what I've learned from from playing to different crowds in different cities, different states, it's like if they're there, they want to be involved, right? You know, but sometimes it, it it takes the right person saying or doing something from the stage to get them involved, and so like something I'll do often is if there's enough you know people in the crowd like i go out there with them you know like i'll, I'll stage dive yeah and i'll you oh, know i've seen your pictures oh, yeah, yeah you get so, in it <laughs> so yeah exactly you know because i want them to know like i'm 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 in i'm i'm there as much as they're there you know and, yeah um and from from the other side of that as a poet you know i um i try to remember that you know same thing if somebody's going to a poetry show i have to believe they want to be moved they want to hear something mm-hmm. that, that's going to make them feel less alone in the world right because I mean, that's yeah. why we all do what we do right it's to show somebody else hey you're just like me i'm just like you we're all we're all weirdos man we're yeah. all, you yeah. know um and so so i look at it from that perspective as well like i'm i'm constantly just waiting to hear if somebody resonates with like a word that i, I mean a sentence that i said and 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 that's the you know it, and so my first time doing that at avant was that was nerve-wracking you know because i was like oh i don't know if people are going to care at all about what i have to say you know and then you know and then i've also had it where you know um, you feel like you're not really getting the response as you're doing the poem, but then the poem's over and you have all these people come up to you yes. later on, you know, oh, and that's, yes. Yeah. And so that's happened to me in both avenues of, of like the band and also, you know, the poem. So every crowd's so, different. So exactly. So I've just yeah. learned to, you know, um, in the band, we have this saying that we say to each other and it's like, it doesn't matter if there's 20 people or 200, you're going to play the same way. Right. right. And so from the poetry stance, it's like, it doesn't matter if nobody claps or snaps while you're doing the poem like you still have to perform it like it's gonna be the last time you ever do it yeah right and then uh and that's the way that i approach it it's just because i feel like for people like me and you who feel so immensely and intensely right Mm -hmm. like that's why we do what we do is Mm -hmm. is because of the kind of people that we are like i said if people are in the crowd they're there because some small part of them if not the whole of them is that way too you know people yeah. people go to these shows because they want to know they're not alone right and i and i think the thing right. that I, the thing that i have uh really come to embrace is that i need to stop worrying about my own insecurity and my own nervousness because the whole point of all of us being up there is to show somebody else that they're not alone Oh, you know? It's so hard, though. <laughs> it's of so course, hard. of course, of course. <laughs> but that's the difficulties of jumping in that water. We know it's going to be cold when we yeah. get in, yeah. but it, it, as long as you stay in there a little long, man, it, it'll warm up. And that's, yeah. that's the analogy I like to give to people. I was like, man, hey, you just got to jump in that water. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. You yeah. just got to jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's and, is, and isn't that the answer to like most things in life? Like. You just got to jump. Yeah. You know, that's what they call it, a leap of faith. A leap right? of faith. You got you to take it. You don't know what's on the other side. Just just go for it. Just yeah. understand you got to trust in yourself that things are going to be comfortable when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
There's so many things that uh, I, I took a leap of faith when I went to California and I lived out there for a year. Yeah. And oh boy, was it a leap of faith. Like I've, uh, the Hollywood magic is Hollywood magic. Man, that, that, being out there really showed me, it showed me the ins and outs and the, the actual lifestyle of what Hollywood and California is. Yeah. Like California is beautiful on the outside. But when you get on the inside and you see it and it's like, oh, you got blemishes, you got wrinkles, <laughs> you are ugly something. I'm like, all right, I, I see what's happening here. I, like, I thought, you know, it was Marilyn Monroe with the makeup on as I'm watching it on TV. Right. But when you get there, you're like, oh, I, I see you without the makeup. And I didn't I didn't expect you to look like this. <laughs> this is this is not what I wanted. You know, so like just being out there, it gave me the experience that I needed to, to see what actual hollywood was and to see how people are in different areas because all i know was new orleans when i first started you know i might have gone to like baton rouge or laplace or something like that but that's really on the outskirts i ain't ever really been to any other place besides coming out here to texas and that's still in the south right so going out there to being able to see what people are like like that's where the poetry really like took off that's where i was just like oh this even though the comedy thing is what I want to do, this poetry thing is what's really like I'm good at this, and like, yeah. and, and it made people open their eyes to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, like so I'm getting the same feeling that I would with comedy, but doing it with this poetry, and it's always been silly. I've I've got serious pieces, but <clears throat> I prefer to keep it like that just because it's, it's something that got me noticed more, and so it's like, oh, this this feels good, yeah, but. California just it I thought I had to go there because it was when growing up being a comic that they said that's the Mecca it's California or New York so I'm like I you know when I get time I get the money I saved up boom I packed up my house I'm like let's get it drove all the way said deuces to all my friends and you know I, I, I went out and lived I didn't have to live in my car but you know, I went out and lived right. out in California. Like I, I went and got me a job within the first two weeks because you know I'm an electrician. Yeah. And so that it it yeah this the electrical has really bogged me down ever since after Katrina. Like mm-hmm. even though it is nice to have a skill behind me, it it makes me reliant on just having to do this because my lifestyle is comfortable at the time and there's a lot that i have to consider i can't just give this up because this is i want to chase this dream you know that that is long gone now now i have to find other alternatives to be able to get to where i'm going uh but also not give up the the money maker right like and that there has like because you went You've you chased the dream. You, you caught that sucker, and then you was like, "Oh, okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm let it go, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go run a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm chase it again when I want to. But right now, I'm gonna go back into this field where I, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna be doing music as much. Like so, in 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 my mind, how did that? How did you take that? Did, was it? Did were you able to like? Because your transition was smooth to where you were just boom pushed over, but like, how do you feel now? Honestly, I I mean I feel like I was very blessed to do it. And the thing is, I don't be wrong. I I understand what you're saying about you know you have responsibilities, right? And and so you can't 
you feel like you can't go out and just and just chase this dream. Well, I had that in a very different sense. So like there, you know, during the like I said, I think the whole thing was a blessing because during the times that I was in the band, you know, my mom owned her own business. My stepdad was doing great, you know. But at the end of that, when I was coming down at the end of the band, you know, my mom had lost her business, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and my stepdad was actually out of the picture. So I really. I, I really felt just upon myself that I needed to stand up and, 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 you know, help my mom through this, you know, this tough time. And so I felt the same way. Like I felt like, okay, I, I do need to go ahead and, and be a bit more responsible because I want to be able to provide for, you know, for this part of my family. And if I'm ever going to have a family of my own, I'm going to need to be able to do that as well. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, like I said, that for me, I, I had that piece about putting this thing aside because like I told you, I felt like, I felt like it was time for me to kind of move on. But at the same time, I got to tell you, it's different for me than I think for a lot of people because I never really considered myself a musician. I still don't. You know, I, ju- I joke around with my friends and I go, I'm always the weakest link in all of it, right? Because I can't play an instrument to save my life. I just get to play music with my best friends who they just let me, they just let me write all the words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, so, and so being on stage with them has always felt like this privilege to me that I just feel like they're going to let me do this, you know, and, yeah. and, it's still, and we still do it, you know, and because I always thought of myself as a writer is what I mean, not a musician, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I always, so the idea of being in a punk band was, uh, or, uh, you know, a metalcore band that made sense to me because I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't, I can't even sing. I could, I just do screaming, you know what I mean? So it was, it was all those things of like, I just wanted, and it was always like this cathartic, amazing experience. And, and dude, I've met so many amazing people. I mean, all of my best friends in the world, I, you know, I've met through this band one way or another. You know, my, my yeah. best friend met his wife because he was in this band, you know? Um, and so, um, oh, so exactly. So, so it's been this amazing thing. And I honestly think that, you know, if we had never played another show again, I would have, I would, I would have just been like, "Hey, it was still an amazing part of my life." You'd still so, feel happy, exactly. But so. the fact that we get to do this in in whatever fashion we do it, you know, moving forward, is is incredible, right? Yeah. And so, um, so I the way I feel about it too is like I, you know, there did come the time. I mean, even within my job, right? Like when I was when I, you know, I've been there for thirteen years, and when I when I first started doing it, I was doing you know straight sales and just you know always you know working nonstop, working you know. Uh, every weekend and, and things like that as well but even in the in that job eventually i was like you know i want to do something a little bit uh a little bit different and so i've transitioned you know into into management there and so that's freed up like my weekends and, and things like that because again i'm in that same boat of like okay well if i ever want to have a family right yeah. um that i can be around i'm gonna need to have that time to be around them yeah. too right so so like it's it's like what I told you earlier. The way that I honestly feel about all these things is there's a season for everything, right? Now don't get me wrong. I'm very nostalgic. Like I love reminiscing about the past. I love I love thinking mm-hmm. about it. I love get in certain ways we get to relive it, right? But I also think that um, I'm very lucky to be where I am now. Where like I said, I can call up my best friend and say, Hey, do we want to play a show? Do we want to do this? Um, and I can and I'm part of that community with you know right about now where I can I I still have that outlet. You yeah. know, and I think that I honest, I think that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, Vonnegut once wrote, um, uh, and I'm got to paraphrase him here, but he basically wrote about you got to create art. Like if you feel it inside you, you got to do it. Yeah. And, and he's like, it doesn't matter if you don't get famous. It doesn't matter if you don't make money off of it. It doesn't matter if people think it sucks. None of that actually matters. What matters is that if you have a gift inside you, you got to get that out. Yeah. You know, and I think that sometimes. You know, and I know that I've been guilty of this too. It's like sometimes we focus so much on like what other people are going to think about it, 
uh, that it, it it's so nerve wracking, right? And I gotta mm. tell you, I know people have said negative things about our band, but I couldn't think of one of those things right now because it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I can tell you, people who have said to me like, I picked up a guitar because your band played a show in my little town yeah. in Georgia, you know, or I, or somebody told me like, hey, like this lyric that you wrote, like it it helped me, you know, and that to me that's. That, I mean, that's incredible. I definitely, you know? I definitely have to think about it that way uh, more often because I do have, I do have more positive thoughts about what I've done compared to the negative. That I, I don't really get much negative, uh, but it, 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 the negative that I think about is what I've put myself through to say that I, I haven't gotten to where I wanted to get. And that right there in my head, it doesn't. It fe- it almost feels like a missed opportunity, but like you said, things come in seasons. So I'm always just waiting for my season, like an right. impatient child being punished. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know when this is. Po- no, I, do dude. I just keep going? I always tell myself, man, don't give up, don't stop, yeah. keep going, keep writing, keep doing yeah. what you're doing. This is a journey, you know. This is why I do this. this is the guideline of chasing the dream. Tell me a joke. Well, you don't tell any jokes. Comedians hate for you to ask them that anyway, <laughs> and you know it's the guideline of chasing the dream. Where there's no guideline to this. Yeah. There's no there's there's no syllabus saying that oh this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're supposed to do it. I I, I went and thought I had a syllabus, and I went out to California, and yeah. I did not like it. I went out there for a year right before COVID. You know what? I prefer New York better. You know? It, yeah, there you go. It's crazy because yeah. I was just like, nah, New York is, it's, nah, it's, it's not what I'm going to want. You know, I need to be out in the sunshine and that. And I went and visited New York and I was like, I love the griminess of what's happening here. <laughs> there you go. I like the close knit. Oh, yeah. it was just so nice. It's really cold. I don't care for the cold. But, oh, I hate but the cold. other than that, yeah. Other than that, I was like, this just feels good. And, you know, I was able to get on some shows out there and actually, like, feel a part of the community. I was like, this is, this is nice. I should have did this in the beginning. But, right. you know, there, there's nobody out here telling me that I got to do this, I got to do that. Like, uh, I took the floaties off once I became an adult. I'm like, man, hey, I can go wherever I want, anywhere right. I want, do what I want. I got this skill behind me that's going to be able to pay for things. Right. Let me go ahead and jump in that water and see how warm it gets. And uh, it, it, it was, it was, a, it was still to this day, it's, it's not, it's not going to stop. I'm just going to, you know, now I, I take my family with me yeah. to where we're going. So it's like, yeah, hey, this is what daddy been doing. This, right. this is the journey that we're going to be taking. Now we're going to all take it together. And uh, I just recently listened to Busta Rhymes, Blockbuster, his new album. Okay. And he has his kids on his album. Like uh, second to last um, second to last song that's on there, yeah. he's, got, he's got his actual kids on his album. And he, he, he talks about how he remember how he used to not really be there for his kids because he was always in the studio chasing this little journey. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't I don't want that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm glad I have my weekends off and, right. you know, time to actually spend my child. And I still get booked for things sporadically here and there to where people will be like, oh, man, let me come and do this. Come and do this. Come and do this. So it's like it still is there and it has not stopped. But in my head, just because it's not going as it used to when I was younger, yeah, it, it feels as if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm doing exactly, I'm I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, and like for what I'm doing, yeah, you know, how I'm going about it, like this is exactly how it's supposed to go. So I'm like, I just 
just just brace yourself you know that's yeah. that's how i gotta think i'm just like all right just just brace yourself it things are gonna come how you want them to come things are gonna uh-huh. go how you want it to go everything happens for a reason you know i, I if if it wouldn't have happened this way, I don't think I would have any children. Uh, I also don't think I'd be married or have a house. I'd probably still be going from apartment to apartment <laughs> and stuff like that. And so it's it's yeah. like it, this is what I've asked for in, right. in life. Like and I have this now. Right. And so it feels good. It's like you you this is what you wanted. Like why are you mad that you got it now? And it's like ah, you know what? I can't be too mad. But it's like ah, but I want this too. Why can't right. I get this as well? <laughs> It's like, you know, well, the teeter-totter. Of course. I'm going to say two things to that. Number one, you know, uh, when you're talking about kind of the way that you see or in your mind have envisioned, like, you know, what success might look like. I think one of the best things I've ever uh, heard is a quote that I can't even think of said it. And it's like, success is liking what you do and liking how you do it. Ooh. You know what I mean? And that means so many different things for so many different people. Yeah. Right? Now, the other thing that you're talking about, about like feeling like you're not doing enough. I think that's just because you're a creative. I think that's yeah. I think that's a thing that's inherent in all of us where we always feel like we're not doing enough. Yeah. Okay. And and I think that you see that across. I mean, for me, you know, I, I like to read a lot of poets, right? A lot of a lot of the old poets, you know, the dead ones, the unhinged ones, you know, like Oscar Wilde, <laughs> yeah. Hemingway, all those, right? But if you look at all of them, none of them ever felt like they they were doing enough, and they were more famous than than I'm ever going to be you know what yeah. I mean but that's the thing is like that's that's just that, that's part of it Yeah, I feel like I honestly believe that's part of it it's like I think that you and I could live to be 100 and, and we and we could probably reach as many people as we're meant to and I still feel like we'd, we'd feel at the end of that like oh we didn't do enough we didn't right? do enough and that, but I think that comes with the territory of being somebody who feels like you know, like this is this is this is a part of the purpose of your life, right? Whatever, whether it's you know music, comedy, comedy poetry, just poetry. Like you're like I'm supposed to be doing this, right? Yeah. And that's a thing that for me, I you know spent a lot of time thinking and praying about too, because you know I spent you know however many years in the band doing just this, and then all of a sudden I'm doing something else, and then um, and then and then I get through the band the band again, and it's one of those things of like you know what like I've I'm I'm learning I can't say I've learned I'm learning even at 38 years old to just like you said embrace the silence mm. but also embrace the moment because I've I'll tell you this every show that we've played in 2023 when we played it I felt this is exactly where I'm supposed to be this is what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. right now I don't think that that means I need to be in this band touring full time again. I just know that in those moments when we're doing the special shows that we're doing, this is I'm I'm reconnecting with old friends. I'm making new friends. I'm like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be. You know, there's been times I felt that way. You know, at Avant when we're when we're you know we're all just you know doing our poetry and and I've had conversations with people who you know feel the same way that I do about something and I'm like isn't that the whole point of the human experience right now mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we all drop everything in our lives to just go do that for some people it does mean that you know yeah. but what I'm saying is. Every every everybody's journey is different, you know. Yeah. And, and and for example, the journey that you're taking, like you know, you you're married, you know, you're about to be a father. That's the dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the dream. And a lot of people don't get to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I feel that. Um, <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, um, I think it's important sometimes to take stock of the fact that, like, I I, I personally don't believe that somebody like me or you is ever going to be like, okay, I've I've done enough of that. Whatever yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because uh, yeah, you know, we're stop. always gonna have some other. It's always gonna be there. Yeah, there's always gonna be some some new thing that pops in our head. We're like, oh, we gotta we gotta write that down. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Oh, that's so good. All right, man, this has been good. 
All right, like before I get out of here, usually with new people, I like to play a game of choices. Okay. All right, you got four options and four choices. Okay. okay? You got to be one, raise one, sell one, and then have relations with the other one. Okay. okay? okay. So be one. <laughs> yes. Like 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 be them. Be them. Okay. Yes. The other yeah. one. Raise one. Raise them. Raise them. Like be their dad. Yes. Okay. You got to sell one. Sell one. That's like, pretty easy. Right. Like and then so. you got to have relations with the other one. Like okay. you know, marry or however you feel, okay. whatever type of relation you want to have. You know, okay. you don't have to marry that person but it could just be a sexual type of relation how do you feel about that be okay. one raise one sell one relations with the other one okay and your options are a mermaid a mogwai a mexican and a manatee <laughs> okay <laughs> so the relations is definitely gonna be the mexican okay okay um Gonna sell the manatee. All right. <laughs> Get that out of the what way. What were now. the other two? Were the other two? A mermaid and uh, a mogwai. Yes. Oh, and a mermaid okay. and a mogwai. And I've got, I've sold and had relations, and, and one of the other two is B1, and then the last raise one is raise one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would, that's tough, man. That's tough. I don't like to eat after midnight anyway, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the mogwai. Mom, mom yeah. I'm gonna raise a mermaid. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, made you, it, everybody, everybody has their own little fingerprint whenever it comes to this right here, yeah. and it's always a fun thing to do. Yeah. Some people take it to an extravagant extreme, and then some people are like, "Oh, I got this! I got this immediately!" Bow, bow, bow. And yeah. It's like, "Oh, okay." That's that's a way to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so hell yeah, man. Well, uh, Carlos, man, let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, so uh, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is uh, c underscore e underscore Salazar. You can find this band that we've been talking about also on Instagram. It's uh, handle at before there was Rosalind. So before there was and Rosalind spelled R O S A L Y N. Oh snap. Yeah. A-S- uh, okay. All right. They got it. Yeah. Gee, wow. Like, why that name? Where did that come from? So it's a, it's a take on the name of uh, of Juliet's... No, that's I got that wrong. Oh, my God. You got to edit that part out. <laughs> it's been so long since I've explained this. Um, in Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the play, Romeo's in love with a woman named Rosalind. Oh. Um, and, well, I say in love. He's He's sort of a... Uh, infatuated with right yeah um, and as soon as he sees Juliet he just forgets all about her oh right? this so, has a more deeper meaning yeah, me. so, Whoa, so, the, so the idea about, so the idea behind it was always more like you know what ifs and what could have been um, and and also about you know how you can't escape destiny right like cause it didn't matter that he was infatuated with this particular person you know yeah. he sees his person and you know they're sure before so, there was Rosalind yes. there was no Juliet Right, so the whole thing was before there was Juliet, there was Rosalind, right? Ah, uh, wow. Oh, meaning like before there was Rosalind. Right. Oh, like before, Ju- before oh, Juliet, there was Rosalind. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Yo, that's so dope. Oh, well, God, that, that makes me feel so good that I asked that question. Oh, yeah, I'm I really- glad you did, man. <laughs> that, one's out, that one goes out to my boy, Billy Shakespeare. Hey, yes, yes. Well, everybody, go follow Go go like it up. Go do what you do, man. This has been Tell Me a Joke, the guy lying and chasing your dream. I have been your host of Maniacal Minutes, Kyle Smith. Say the whole thing like a pimp lane slick back. And keep dreaming, jokers. I got it. Yeah, I usually don't get that. It's hard for me to get to that.